Greetings, programs, and welcome to another episode of Fan Halls Big in Japan. I'm Justin, and I'll be your host this evening. And joining me tonight are my fellow fan halls and a very special guest. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? This is Derek. I'm blasting off again. <laughs> it's Mike, and I don't want to live in Dimension X anymore. Hey, guys, this is Tony. And White Tiger, Black Devil, Dragon Shredder, Power, fuck. And this is Zach from Board with Friends on uh, You're All Stupid Octopus Annoying Guys. <laughs> <laughs> we are. And if you could tell from that, this is part of the grand, stupendous, epic, not a hoax, not an imaginary story. Nothing will ever be the same epic crossover event. Turtle Power Podcast Hour. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Hey. laughs> We will be discussing the Japanese OVA uh, that is somewhat infamous if you're a big Turtles fan. In, in Japan, this is known as Mutant Turtles Superman Legend or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Legend of the Super Mutant or Chojin Densetsu Hen. And like I said, this is a two-episode OVA that premiered in Japan May 21st, 1996. Episode 1 is titled, The Great Crisis of the Super Turtles, The Saint Appears. Episode 2 is, The Coming of the Guardian Beast, The Middle Turtles Appear. And these episodes were created to promote the Super Mutants and the Metal Mutants toy line. And as far as I know, these were never, these OVAs were never officially released in the U.S. But I think the Metal Turtles were released over here as toys, but not the Guardian uh, super mutant beasts or whatever but uh, i'll go ahead and read a little synopsis of episode one and, and then we'll get into uh discussing this episode one krang is destroying stars in an attempt to release a dark mew from the dark muta stone the turtles arrive on the surface and immediately encounter shredder bebop and rocksteady who henshin enter their super mutant forms the turtles also henshin Shredder asks Crane for foot soldiers, only to be informed they're on vacation. As the turtles battle Shredder, Splinter and Crysmew confront Crane. Darkmew awakens, and the Earth begins to experience multiple disasters, one of which is a giant tidal wave heading for New York. It interrupts the turtles' battle, 
Krang releases Dark Mew, who transforms Shredder into giant Dark Devil Shredder. The Turtles manage to drop a building on Shredder, knocking him out. Dark Mew goes into space to destroy the Earth. The Turtles unite to form Turtle Saint. Turtle Saint struggles with Dark Mew, but Cries Mew manages to hold her at bay long enough for Turtle Saint to blast them back into their original crystal prison. And that is episode one. So I guess my general question for, for uh, all you guys is, have any of you ever watched this before? I I have, just because I'm a glutton for obscure comic book related kind of anime tie-ins or whatever like if there's something out there like that like i i, I think i feel like you, you know how you guys talk about how you would like see like screen caps of like headmasters or things like that like something from japan online first you know i feel like that's where i first saw like screen caps for this and then i think eventually i watched the which I think is what most of us watched tonight originally, was I watched the fan sub of this, and I believe that was officially released by a fan sub group called Spork, and they were the ones who did a lot of the fan subs for, like, I think, Cutie Honey, and that was sort of when I was getting into that, whether it was, like, the anime or the live-action series, and I'm pretty sure they're the same guys who, who fan subbed this you know, these two OVAs and everything. So that's, I, I, I would guess, maybe... 2011, 2012, I don't know, some, some, somewhere around there is probably when I first saw this. Um, yeah, I was, I was aware of it as well. I had seen like <clears throat> for a couple years on YouTube, they had kind of like the beginning of this, which is, which is a really quick recap of how they got the Muta Stones and all that. And um, I, I found out that he actually had released the uh, the full uh, OVA at a later point. There, there were definitely times where I was just like, "What the fuck is going on?" But at the same time, it does tell a story. The turtles are pretty much in character. And I was really impressed by how the Japanese did a really good job of taking the the, the original turtle assets because they do turn it into more anime-ish uh, superhuman turtles at you know with the Muta Stones. But as far as like, you know, the uh, the playmates, you know, look, they, they really nailed it. I mean, I was like, that that looks like the cartoon from US, you know. I had like I had heard of this before, but I had never really like watched it or you know looked into it really. I think the first time I really came into like you know my field of vision was in um the two K three like Turtles Forever like movie slash like three parter where you know they showed that big like uh, montage of all the uh, multiverse turtles and yeah. you know all the people were kind of like whoa look like even the japanese like superhero anime turtles are there and i'm like oh I, I didn't know that was a thing but like that's cool i guess but yeah i i mean i wasn't too familiar with this yeah i had heard of it um i think i had seen screen caps of it it's kind of like what derek said uh you know, this was years and years ago and back when it was hard to find these kinds of things. And it kind of had that mysticism about the same thing as like uh, Headmasters and Victory and Master Force uh, for a Transformers fan. You think it's going to be a lot better than it actually is uh, when you finally get down to see it. Um, I don't know if I would have enjoyed this as a kid. I don't still don't know if I enjoyed it now as an adult, but um, I, I definitely watched it. <laughs> yeah, kind of like you guys. I think I read about this somewhere. Like, 
I don't know if it was Wizard or Toy Fair or their anime, you know, spinoff magazine they did for a while. But I remember reading about this and maybe seeing a little screenshot. So I was like, "Whoa, this is going to be cool!" Like it's from Japan. It has to be cool. Like that was that was kind of my uh, mentality at the time. And I remember like downloading this like years ago, like on dial-up, and it taking like two or three hours. And I watched it, and it was like it looked like I it looked like a fourth generation vhs rip or something and then i you know I, I i get into like watching it and i'm like i i don't know if this was worth the three hours i like wasted downloading it but it was interesting <laughs> uh dial up yeah that reminds me of, of of trying to download all the beast machines episodes from canada on dial up where you leave it running like for you know overnight and stuff to watch like 20 minutes and you're like what did i do <laughs> yeah it's like i want to go to bed i'm like uh downloading beast wars 2 the movie the next day all right 60 percent done <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I i mean I, I i know probably the the general consensus is this this is not spectacular by any means but like i I think I could find some things to appreciate about it. I mean, I know Tony's kind of mentioning, like, you know, when you do see most of the original cast or original designs, they are mostly on model. I mean, the only exception to that might be, you know, Shredder, because Shredder, yeah. I, I might say, looks a little spookier, a little cooler looking, you know, than than the model that we got in the U.S., you know? Except his eyes. Except his eyes when he goes crazy. <laughs> Well, but I mean, that's, that's just kind of a, a trope. I mean, that just because he has a wacky expression, I mean, that's not part of his character model to me. Oh, like, yeah. yeah but like, yeah. Uh, you know, but, but I mean, speaking of uh, this OVA in particular, like, you know, they, they do kind of give the notion that the, the turtles are going to get uh, a power up and, and a lot of the, the stuff that's written about this first OVA was it was trying to tie into what appeals to Japanese little boys, right? Which would be, you know, maybe Super Sentai, things like that. And if you look at it from that vantage point, you're like, oh, well, look, you've got four different color-coded characters, kind of like Sentai. They just make them a little more, you know, sort of buff and human-looking, you know, than than the Turtles already are. But then by the end they, of it... They all have role-playing toys, too. <laughs> right, right. And and, and they, by the end of it, they, they sort of merge into this singular form, which is kind of like, you know, Super Sentai characters piloting their, their mech at the end of the episode and everything. I mean, for me, I guess... I, I kind of like the, the saint form. I mean, I know it's kind of goofy and everything, but like, there, there are things that reminded me of other later tropes in anime, like, because that, that saint form sort of reminds me of Angemon from Digimon. Like, it's kind of angelic. Yes. It's kind of white, you know, like, and, and, you know, I think I'm biased, but like, I particularly like like that that was probably my favorite character in Digimon, you know, or or at least the favorite animal or you know whatever you want to call it, right? Like like that was that was kind of one of my, you know, characters in that show that I sort of keyed in on and I I felt like the saint form was kind of similar to that or like when it not so much like the the devil shredder or what not not the one where he looks like fucking Trypticon or whatever and he's coming out of the ocean, but when they go from you know, Shredder's standard form in this to, like, his demon form, you know, when him, Bebop, and Rocksteady yeah, he, he, 
he's just devil shredder. Yeah, yeah. devil shredder when, when, when they, when they expand their forms. I mean, in that sense, like I started thinking of like maybe Magmatron from Robots in Disguise, like, you know, things like that where it's like, oh, you know, there's no real reason for him to be this kind of dragon, you know, like there's no connection between Shredder and a dragon in the Turtles mythos, but it seems like for the Japanese or maybe appealing to Japanese little boys, you know, uh, maybe a clear denotation of evil is like, oh, look, dude's a big fucking dragon that breathes fire and he's got fucking wings and shit. And like, maybe that shorthand in a lot of, you know, Japanese kind of cartoons for like, oh, look, it's the bad guy, you know, kind of like how Magmatron is like, I mean, he's just a dragon too, basically. Right. So like, I, I, you know, that those were the things that I kind of thought of. And I, I guess I thought of them as, you know, e- even though there's a lot of silliness going on here, there's a lot of pratfalls and kind of goofy anime tropes that are like stitched on to this OVA. Like, I, I think it, it, for, you know, looking outside of that or, or maybe kind of, you know, tolerating that. You know, there there were things in it where I could kind of key in on and go, oh, you know what? I I do kind of like the whole Shredder thing. Like, like there's a way you can look at it where you're like, holy shit, there's a tidal wave that like pretty much destroys half of New York City. You know, and and you're sitting there thinking like, wow, like that wouldn't have gone over, you know, post nine eleven. Like they would have never aired that here, even though they never aired it here anyway. You know, but like things like that. But yet there's still a lot of slapstick in the midst of this kind of like it's like it's like you're in a a Roland Emmerich, you know, disaster movie, but yet there's still a bunch of Team Rocket kind of blasting off again slapstick going on in the background. Yeah, it's, like, it's, like Dark Devil Shredder gets bonked on the head by a building. Right, yeah. right. It's very, you know, yeah, the, the tone of it is kind of light and fluffy, but what's actually happening, if you if you stop to consider it, is not, you know. So so it's 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 an I I, I think it's an interesting study at the very least, you know. The thing that stuck out to me was that whole back and forth between like NASA mission control and the space shuttle. Like, <laughs> Did you that, forget your glasses? <laughs> that, that, to me, that felt like something that would have been in the series over here. Like, I could totally see like a gag, reoccurring gag like that in an episode over here. So, like, you know, it's like like you guys were saying, like the characters look, you know, they they look on model and they look really nice in this, you know, this anime form. But like some of the humor, like the back and forth between Shredder and Krang, like they would all they would always bicker between each other. But then like little pieces of humor, like the space shuttle thing, like that made it feel like it was like like it could have been part of like the original Turtles continuity to me. I will say that uh, April actually is a better reporter in this OVA than she is in the actual show. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> she does her damn job. <laughs> Mike, even though you are a Turtles fan, like you, you're not like, you know, some newbie, but maybe like not as big as like Justin or, or Zach, uh, as far as the Turtle fandom, like did this make you like butt hurt? I mean, I wasn't offended by it. I mean, I understood what it was like. I think there would have been a point like probably back in the time where Derek was talking about where, you know, or what Zach said about like headmasters where you were like, this was like sold to me as being much cooler than it actually is like on the internet or whatever. Like, 
So like, you know, I understand what it is. And I think Zach was comparing it to scramble city, like earlier on before we started. And that's, that's completely true. Like it's, you know, you got to sell the new toys and, and I also agree with Derek where I was kind of like, uh, what does a friggin' like, even in the next episode, it's like, what does a friggin' tiger have to do with shredder? Like, or what does, <laughs> you know, what does, what does a dragon have to do with, you know, whoever, but I guess that's it's it's like the the Spider Man thing. Like, why does Spider Man have a giant like lion robot or whatever? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense to us. But I guess I guess it makes sense to little seven year old Japanese kids or whatever. But don't yeah. mock Leopardon, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I guess I guess I would ask Justin about the big elephant in the room. I'll just say two words: Krang's voice. <sighs> <laughs> Uh, I I don't know what to say. Like I, it's funny, but then at the same time, I feel I feel kind of like Shredder, where he's like losing his mind. He's like, "Will you shut up with this inane bantering?" When he's just like crying, and I mean, even when he's talking normal, it just kind of grates on your ears. Whereas you know the you know the original Turtle Turtle series, like Crane had this really great voice that people would often try and try and imitate. Like Shredder. It, it's. <laughs> It's almost like they were self-aware of it, too, because there is a point. I don't remember if it's the first or second episode where he literally knows that he's irritating him and uses yes. his voice to get his way. <laughs> it just keeps laughing and laughing until Shredder says, fine, enough, I'll do it. I, I also like the fact that he has kind of a little speech impediment. And, and instead of saying Saki, like, you know, in U.S. series, he would have referred to Shredder as Saki, you know, Aroko Saki. But. In the anime, he would go like "sucky," and it would be kind of spelled out. It would be spelled out in the subs with a W. I was like, "Oh, that's kind of funny." It's you know what I what I read in some of those blogs was one that there was a lot of confusion in Japan based on their their dub casts for these turtle cartoons. Like the real turtle cartoon was imported, but like I think there were almost. They, they said there were three different dubs for that cartoon. And I think the first dub they talked about, like, people have a lot of nostalgia for it, but it only did so many episodes. And that was not the same cast that was in this OVA. But then, I guess, TV Tokyo, at some point, got the rights to broadcast this, you know, the Turtles show. And that was this, pretty much, essentially, with, like, maybe one or two actors as exceptions... They had the same cast, and that included this guy doing Krang, you know, doing like, you know, or whatever. And you're just like, oh, Jesus Christ, like, give me a give me a pin and stick it through my eardrum, please. You know, like that kind of thing. And the the other thing that I was going to say was that they mentioned that Oroku Saki, like, you know, is not, quote unquote, a real Japanese name. So they actually changed his name to Sawaki, like like the way they spell it in mm. that. So so it's not so much that he's slurring ah. the the name. I think I think that I think they do call him that. Like I think I think Splinter isn't even called Hamato Yoshi. Like he's called like you know Takuya, you know something or other. You know what I mean? Like he he has a totally different name. But I think Oroku Saki, like I I think his first name is still Oroku, but then they called him you know, Sawakai or Sawaki or something like that. And and that's what 
Krang is calling him, but he calls him, you know, Sawakaikun or whatever, and he's like, don't be so familiar with me, like that kind of thing. But I, you know, I, I, I see what you guys are saying about, you know, how it's like super annoying. And like, what's funny is I think when I was reading that blog, the same writer would constantly bring that up. He's like, Oh, remember that guy? He was annoying, you know, like that kind of thing. And then it's like, guess what? They brought him back for the OVA, you know, like, Oh boy. I guess the other thing, like a lot of uh, Westerners would be kind of befuddled by, um, we, we do have two fresh new characters in this, um, but we have Chris Mew and Dark Mew and, they're little evil, well, good and evil fairies and very anime. Like, they don't have, like, you know, U.S. cartoony forms. Like, what do you guys think about those two characters? I, I feel like Dark Mew fits into my whole Sentai analogy. Like, I think, you know, yes, she's a little fairy and everything, but I think she kind of fits into that whole, you know, sexy, evil Sentai lady kind of theme where, you know, she or, 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 you know, you could even apply like the whole you know, Dark Phoenix, Dark Willow, like, kind of notion to her, even though it's, like, it's essentially, like, they took, they took the little girls from Mothra and then made one the good one and one, like, the evil one, you know, and then they just, they're clashing with each other throughout the course of this OVA, like, that's sort of my, my perception of it, like, I, I don't think I look down on them for being fairies or anything. What would you what do you think of you know make my shredder grow? <laughs> uh, you know that again that that seems to fit with the whole you know kind of Sentai comparison and also I mean it did make me think a lot of you know Trypticon because you know we're all Transformers fans but I mean I, I think more in line of probably you know more in line of you know Beast Wars the second than than you know maybe the the U.S. version of Trypticon you know. Zach, I know we, before we started recording, you were kind of questioning, like, did I miss an episode? Because that whole, like, introduction piece makes you kind of wonder if you missed something. Yeah, it was odd. Like, you you mentioned the the Sprite Pixie characters. Um, I forgot their names. But it, it's almost like if you I, – I turned this on and I just said, oh, this is just the, the, the intro music. So I'll finish what I'm doing and then I'll start watching it and paying attention. It's a blink and you miss it. Uh, exposition of who these things are and why they're in the show because I had no idea. All of a sudden, the turtles are in their lair, and this pixie's floating around. And Donatello turns around to talk to her and saying, "Hey, look, this is happening over here. We should. <laughs> do you know anything about it?" I'm like, "Who the heck is that thing? Like, why is that there? I don't remember that from the original. Do you know show. anything about it? Whoever you are, <laughs> <laughs> they all it, seem it, familiar with it. So." It is really weird because it's just like a few, you know, the sequence only runs a few minutes and they're throwing a lot of exposition at you. It's like, oh, the turtles were like, they found this ancient neutrino temple and they got these muta stones or whatever. And you're just like, okay, well, why didn't you just make an episode based on that? Like, that seems like that would have been easier, but okay. That almost (laughs) seems like that should have been the story is them finding these stones and getting these powers and then following the natural progression. And they learn that they can mutate again and naturally the bad guys can do it almost, you know, like a DBZ plot. Um, You know, everybody just keeps getting more and more powerful and, you know, to stop the more and more powerful villain. I I don't know. It was a little odd. Um, (laughs) It just the the the. Pixie characters, and they're gone at the end of the episode, too, which was weird. I thought that was going to be an ongoing plot, but I guess it was just, like you said, it's a toy commercial. So the next story, 
they find the next stones, which mutate them into something else. So it, it's weird. Plus, the the opening sequence that explains everything uses animation from the episode. So I at first I thought they were just doing a summary of what I was about to watch, not using the recycled animation to explain to me what happened before this. <laughs> you know, the other thing I think is interesting is that like that. Yes, it is a toy commercial, and then and then the notion that the people who had the rights to distribute the Playmates Turtles toys in Japan was Takara. And Takara Mm -hmm. comes out with these figures. And these figures essentially, like, for all intents and purposes, like, especially these Guardian Turtle toys, I mean, they're Transformers. They look like fat little normal turtles. And then you, like, kajigger them and configure them and everything. And then they turn into these kind of, you know... Jimly kind of you know he-man looking turtles you know what i mean like so they actually literally transform like the 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 toys that takara is selling and then i think you know we'll we'll probably get more into this in the second ova but the 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 other toys are kind of not the same but but essentially you've got these beasts in armor and then the armor comes apart and you can attach those to the the turtle toys, basically. So in some ways, to me, I was kind of like, oh, well, they're, you know, they're both transforming turtle figures, and Takara is the one that's selling them, and Takara is, you know, obviously the the company that distributes Transformers in Japan, so you're just kind of like, oh, well, that, you know, I don't know, to me, that made some kind of, you know, there was some synchronicity, some logic in that, where I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know Takara like you know did the toys. Uh, I'm not like I said, I'm not familiar with like how this you know ended up in Japan as far as you know licensing and all that stuff. I think it was uh, the original cartoon was Murakami Wolf Swenson, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so and it's kind of funny that like the 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 show that was made over here, like the the main company, still has like you know a Japanese <laughs> you know name at the beginning of it, and we get like you know more Japanese. But uh, well, that that's kind of uh, what I was going to say when you brought up the fact that like a lot of the the turtles are on model in this. I mean, it it you know a, as you probably well know, Tony, it's not like that you know these American companies did any of the animation in-house. I mean, it seems like film Filmation was like one of those last companies, you know, it was like a dying thing to actually animate stuff in the U.S. I mean, most stuff does get outsourced. I mean, yeah, it all starts in the U.S., but then at, at some point, you know, they ship it off to Korea or they ship it off to Japan or, you know, wherever they ship it off to, and then somebody else actually animates it. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised, like, if you know, somebody like TMS or whatever, you know, Japanese studio that was really hot shit back then did the the first five episodes of the, what you were saying, the Murakami Wolf, you know, you know, the original 89 Turtles, you know, five episode pilot, because all that animation looked really slick and, and nice too. I mean, it wasn't until like, you know, I don't know, after that miniseries and, and as they started, you know, churning them out that probably they, they had to, sh- you know, ship it out to, you know, somewhere else other than Japan. You know, maybe they shipped it off to Acom or one of those shitty ass Korean studios where you're just like, oh, OK, no wonder everything looks like crap now because it's it's shipped off to, you know, maybe a, a lesser a, a, an animation house of lesser repute, you know, and that's that's all there is to it. Yeah, I know you guys both brought this up, and this will be my last talking point unless you guys want to talk about something else. Um, 
like the shredder is is redesigned in his basic form not even his like you know devil form or his dark devil form and you guys are saying he looks a lot more sinister do you, do you think like the uh the u.s version where you know it was obviously a human underneath the, you know the mask you see like flesh tones and all that do you think that was just not scary enough for what they were wanting in this show like they wanted something a little bit more sinister I mean, I look at the redesign and I think they just armored him up, basically. Like he covered up the the the, the open parts of his armor. That that's what I thought it was anyway. I I, I see I see what Tony's saying. I mean that, that does kind of dehumanize the the Japanese redesign of Shredder's basic form. If you don't see, you know, flesh and skin and everything. I mean, if you see that conceivably you know, I, I mean, I know it's a kid's cartoon, so kids aren't thinking about this, but conceivably you're like, dude, I can kill the Shredder that Uncle Phil is voicing because I can see, you know, I can see his neck, you know, I can see, I can see where to, to, to injure him or whatever. Whereas, as this one in the, in the OVA, you know, anime, you're like, well, shit, I don't know, dude, he, he doesn't look, he doesn't look human. Like, I don't see any flesh. Even his face is all shadowed and shit. Like, I, I don't know. Can we kill that thing? Like, you know, like, I don't know. You know, like, he, he, and, and like Zach was saying, he's super armored up. Even if you did try to, to kill him, like, is it going to penetrate his armor? Like, who knows? You know, so, so that could conceivably be a lot more menacing and frightening. Like, just, you know, subconsciously, subtly, like, it's not like they, you know, bonk you over the head with it, but that, that is a possibility. Yeah. I, I think what I found jarring, I mean, the, the redesign of his normal form, I, I liked it. That looked okay. It's when he goes into that super form of like the devil gigatron right. from, <laughs> from, uh, robots in the skies color. Like that's what he looked like basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost like the same animation company saw this and said, oh, we could use that for Gigatron. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it, or uh, it, was it Devil Gigatron and Robots in Disguise? I don't remember at this point. The Car Robots. And, anyway. The <laughs> white and black one? Or, yeah, yeah, the white and like, black one. Yeah, yeah that was Devil Gigatron. Gigatron. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was a little bit like, why is he a dragon? I, I don't get it. But at the same time, okay, it's an anime. <laughs> You know, that's really see, what it came down to. See, whereas you were like, hey, it's an anime. I just saw that. I thought, oh, that looks cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I did up the stakes. I mean, I mean, I mean you, like you, you seen Super Shredder and you're like, oh, that's Kevin Nash, whatever. But this is like, you know, fucking like tall as a building, like, you know, actual super, super Shredder. So, I mean, I mean it was pretty cool. I mean, it fit the narrative. You know, the, the, the evil pixie makes a monster. You know, she makes Shredder a monster. So. Were, were you, they, they saw Turtles 2 and said, we could do better. <laughs> <laughs> were, were you guys off put by the change to Bebop and Rocksteady? Like, or or is that something? Yeah, that, I, yeah. I thought their super mutant forms were really weird because like Rocksteady, his skin turns green like he's a lizard yeah, or something. Yeah, so like, very yeah, reptilian. That, 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 I was like, wait, what am I looking at? Hold the phone. And I was like, uh, OK, that's your redesign. I guess go with it. Whatever. Yeah, that threw me too. I was like, he's green and kind of skinny too. It's like he's muscular, but he's like skinnier. It's like it's big green. <laughs> it's big green. It's big green. <laughs> I feel like like Bebop. Maybe he he went to work out with Big Country or something, you know? Because it's like first, you know, the regular Bebop's kind of got like the pot belly and is imposing, but it seems like this other guy is kind of like all skinny and 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 lithe or whatever. Like it it seemed like an odd 
you know, like I, I get it. They're supposed to be upgraded forms, but but kind of like Zach was saying about the, you know, the the devil shredder, you know, dragon thing or whatever. You're just kind of like, okay, like I guess that's just that's that's what they're doing, you know. And it's like I, again, it's like these are the new toys, kids. Like go go buy these new toys. Basically, is is what it seemed to 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 scream to me, you know, like, like, I you gotta guess being... get, you gotta get like Victor Caroli to be like, these are the new Ninja Turtles. Like they have metal <laughs> armor and they, they turn, they turn it into shredder. It turns into a dragon for some fucking reason. I don't know. <laughs> He's got fire <laughs> blasting out of him. <laughs> Both ends. <laughs> Both ends. <laughs> Bebop and Drops, Rocksteady, uh, uh, just like the Turtles, though, I have to say they did capture their their characteristics pretty well, like their their mannerisms, their their attitude. Um, they, they did they stayed true to that. I feel. I mean, even yeah, if yeah. they changed their forms or, not, or anything like that, they they definitely nailed the characters. Yeah, the the bulk of the humor from this does not really come from the Turtles. They have a couple of good lines, but like. The three bad guys, much like the, the 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 cartoon over here, they provide a lot of the humor. They're they're like you know, they're, they're scary, but they're also kind of buffoonish, and you know, I mean, they nailed that. I, I give them credit on that. I also uh, this I think this happens in the second episode, but it, I'll mention it here. Just to, it it was a great nod to the original uh, cartoon because the, you got Bebop and Rocksteady firing their weapons and hitting absolutely nothing, but they're firing like crazy, and that just reminded <laughs> me of the old show. True, true. <laughs> well, unless you guys have nothing else, we will go ahead and discuss episode two. Uh, I'll go ahead and give you a little synopsis of that. The Turtles and Shredder arrive in Japan on different missions, but their paths soon cross on a bullet train. A group of really for reals ninjas arrive and drive off Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady. It is Hattori Kenzo, and he requests Master Splinter's help in defending an ancient and powerful mirror. As the Turtles and Shredder confront a ghost, Kenzo summons a giant shinobi fortress with the mirror at the very top. A race for the mirror begins. Shredder finds it first, and along with Bebop and Rocksteady, they are granted Metal Beast Armor. Soon the Turtles get the mirror, and they receive their Metal Mutation Armor. They fight, and as Shredder has Leonardo on the ropes, his power fades. Leonardo wins the battle, but Shredder manages to escape with three of the new Mutus Stones. So what did you guys think of episode two? Like, did did you like this episode any better than episode one? Because of the two, like, I think I enjoyed this one the most. I would this agree actually, with that. This actually seemed like it was, like, possibly something that could happen over here. Because when they get the metal armor, they still look like the, the turtles we know. They don't turn into, like, super buff guys. They're just the regular turtles in armor. And um, also the character of Hattori Kenzo, he does kind of seem like a Murakami wolf kind of character. He's like really badass ninja, but he seems to be really terrible at planning things. <laughs> second does OVA. your castle have stairs? <laughs> yeah, right. I, I think the second OVA kind of negates the, the criticism or the the struggle that Zack had with being introduced to the first OVA, like, whereas the first OVA, if you didn't pay attention to that opening exposition, then you were, like, totally lost after, like, the first two minutes, whereas I, I think this did, uh, maybe, I don't know if it's a better job, but, I mean, it, it seemed to 
acquiesce to kind of what you guys were asking for in the first one. Whereas you, you, you have an adventure. They, they go with Master Splinter to Japan and then they introduce the armor and then the bad guys have the armor and they, you know, they sort of, it, it seems like a natural progression. Whereas it's not like you're, you're like a minute into it and all of a sudden it's like, you know, there's, there's a new ninja friend who you've never seen before, you know, giving them orders and all of a sudden, you know, people have armor that you've never seen before. It's like they kind of, they, they kind of guide you by the hand and, and kind of take you along for the ride. And I, I almost had the thought when I was watching the second OVA where I was like, maybe, maybe this should have been the first OVA and, and the other one should have been the second OVA, you know? This this kind of makes more sense because they're just armored forms. Like they're not they don't change the turtles. Like the uh the first one, the turtles change into totally different things. They even say at the end of the episode, they're like, you know, man, Transformer is really tough. I, you know, it takes a lot out of you. And this one, you know, there's no combined form. They just they just have armor and it makes them more powerful. And I do agree with I think Mike said it before we started the show, like don't know why Shredder is a white tiger. Usually tigers are considered good guys in the Japan, but whatever but um yeah I, th- I thought this was this was i think this was a lot more lighthearted. you don't see like buildings collapsing or tidal waves it is this is just just a bad guys versus good guys thing i think the building collapses at the end well yeah but oh, it's, yeah. Just, it's just it's just, <laughs> it's just his it, house it's okay it is a comedy beat i guess like when the whole fortress like falls down but yeah, I was I was kind of like this was this kind of felt like an actual episode of like, you know, the US turtles and except for like well even with like the armor at the end it seemed like, you know, we'll just randomly get this power up to save, you know, to sell this toy and that's the end of it. Yeah, the 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 thing that bothered me same like you mentioned with the white tiger for Shredder, it didn't look like the power-ups had anything to do with the turtles that got them. Like y- a lot of times in these types of shows, you know, especially you mentioned Sentai and Power Rangers, like, you know, it, it's supposed to be like you're matched with the your spirit animal or your, you know, the beast within or something like that. Like something that makes sense for them. You know, Michelangelo got a bug armor, you know, and <laughs> Donatello got, I think it's a dragon. Like n- none of it really matched with what you would think the turtle should get. It's like, yeah. They just picked a random stone and that's what they got. And, you know, well, and, which is the bad fine. Guys are worse. Like Rocksteady Bebop were like, what, a, a killer whale and a, and a fucking. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the whale and the snakes. <laughs> yeah, I saw that Hydra armor or whatever. And I was like, oh, that'll look cool on Shredder. And then I was like, oh, yeah, he he doesn't get that. He gets the white tiger for some reason. OK, <laughs> but, you know, like it's tiger went with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one of the turtles. (laughs) I thought it was interesting. You guys were talking about influences on the first episode. And to me, this episode seemed like it was very much influenced by Saint Seiya, which is all about, you know, characters getting armors that are like very powerful and like they have an element and it's also associated with an animal too. So I was watching this and, you know, being a big fan of Saint Seiya, I was like, hmm, I wonder, you know, like I, I kind of wonder like, 
what was going on with Saint Seiya at the time because I know the anime had ended, but I was kind of wondering. I was like, they must have been like pushing toys or like maybe the manga had like started up again. But I I, I thought that was really interesting. I, it it reminded me a little bit of uh, Ronin Warriors if you remember yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that too. Yeah, yeah. I, too, I yeah. think I think both those were were mentioned in that one guy's blog as like influences on this second OVA. You know, like the the idea that. You know, basically, if you ask the question, like, what appeals to, you know, Japanese boys from ages, you know, I don't know, five to nine, you know, like, you, Super Sentai would be one thing, but then what you guys are mentioning, you know, the, the, you know, Ronin Warriors or the, the Saint Seiya, you know, like, both those things would also be something that would appeal to boys in that age range. So it was almost an attempt to kind of, shift the turtles property into something that maybe was more marketable for their demographic you know i, I was gonna uh, ask the question to you guys <clears throat> justin mentioned this in his uh synopsis but uh it's something that they, they kind of glossed over and i wonder if it was kind of a dig at turtles over here when uh kenzo shows up with his band of shinobis uh april and even like i think the turtles are like you know oh real ninjas and I'm like, well, the turtles are ninjas, you know. Like none of the turtles are like, hey, we're real ninjas too. It's like, nope, these are real ninjas. You guys, you guys are just turtles. <laughs> it, it, it did kind of seem like there was like a little, like a like a, a, a tiny little dig, like you know, ninjas look like you know, you know, these guys. You guys are like, you know, we're selling toys, you guys, but we're 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 keeping it real with these guys, even though Kenzo is kind of a comedic character. But I don't know. I mean, did you guys get kind of a vibe of that, or I'm just like reading too much into it? I, I wanted to ask Derek like what he thought of Hattori Kenzo because you know when we do the Kakaida Toku Thursdays we're always talking about Hattori Hanpei so I, I thought like I wanted to ask Derek like what his thoughts was on yet Nora I was another I wanted to ask Derek yeah another like distant Hattori <laughs> I mean relative. I I think I think that might also answer Tony's question but I think I I think maybe what's going on and you know you could read into this what you want but i mean th there is something to be said of you know the japanese were the ones who originated the ninja like there there could be the e even though this was a popular cartoon and they aired it in japan and everything like there there could still be that notion of Think of it this way, like, like, you know, what, whatever you think, you know, your nation is famous for, right? What, whatever you think is the highlight, you know, uh, you know, cowboys, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of things like whatever it is. It's like, you know how, like, when we watch like Sentai and we see a Japanese guy dressed up like a cowboy and we're like, oh, look at that Japanese guy who thinks he's Billy the Kid. He's not really Billy the Kid. We have a good chuckle over it. I'm sure the Japanese see these turtles acting like quote unquote ninjas and they probably have the same chuckle, right? Like, they probably sit there and kind of go, like, these aren't real ninjas, these are just some turtles that are saying they're ninjas, you know? Some, something along those lines in this episode I thought was funny was when they got the little talisman and Leonardo's like, oh, like, the symbols are in English and in Japanese. Like, that's handy. So I was like, oh, so I guess, you know, even though the turtles are currently speaking Japanese, they're still considered, like, Americans. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, honestly, in the first episode, just because I watched so much anime, I'm used to Western characters being transported to Japan. I thought they were in Japan. 
And then when they show up in the second second installment and they're like, oh, we're in Japan. I was like, oh, I thought you always were. You know, I just thought the sewer had magically been transported to Japan in like the first episode, but it just didn't click with me. And then when I like saw that, I'm like, oh, no, they were in New York. They did show the flood and they were in New York City. It just didn't click at first. I mean, they did. Oh, I guess maybe it was confusing because they had different landmarks in different areas, right? Because they did they did destroy like the Eiffel Tower and Tokyo Tower and the Statue of Liberty. So. Yeah, like that, yeah, exactly. So I, yeah. I guess I could see why you, you wouldn't you wouldn't be a hundred percent sure where they are. I mean, you know, seeing another, you know, Hanzo, you know, like I mean, it's it's fun, but I I do think that it points back to what you know what Tony's saying. I don't I don't think it's coincidental that that he's the one you know and his you know that that they're pointing out. Oh, these are. These are legitimate traditional ninjas would probably be the most polite way to say it. And the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are certainly non-traditional ninjas. Like if, if, if you want to, if you want to say it's a slight to not call the turtles ninjas because they worked hard to, you know, hone their craft and, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like I, I would just kind of submit, well, they are non-traditional ninjas, especially from the country of, the ninja's origin you know what i mean like like it it it'd kind of be the same thing if you're like okay yes you know you know japanese man who wears a cowboy hat but is in a super sentai series you are a non-traditional cowboy with your hamburger you know sentai belt buckle <laughs> morpher or whatever you know what i mean like you're, you're you're not you're not an american cowboy you know what i mean like but you are a non-traditional cowboy you know in the the lucis vegas sense and i'm sure they they probably, you know, there there is that same kind of denotation, e- even in something as simple as just the, you know, a kid's anime OVA. We're also looking at the subtitles that someone created, so that may not be what was actually said. That's true. That's entirely true. Uh, Kenzo, even though uh, Zach actually pointed out very, very astutely, he doesn't like uh, uh, Ryu from uh, Ninja Gaiden, which is true, but I also thought he liked Sub-Zero, too, but it was just because he was blue. I don't remember saying that. Oh, who? Somebody I, said that. I, I said that. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. Mike said uh, he looked like Mike Reed. and I are interchangeable. It's fine. It, it's okay. Tony always <laughs> confuses these things. Tony always <laughs> Tony always confuses us Rhode Islanders. Yes, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> that accent. You, you do you know? both have Shredder <laughs> avatars. I mean, come on, guys. I blame it because Zach keeps changing his avatar. That's what it is. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh. I haven't changed it in at least five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what 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 do you guys think of? Uh, I think Zach did mention this that uh, Shredder gets another upgrade in this episode, even before he gets his armor. In this second half, he's got kind of black and silver kind of armor. Now, was that like a leftover of him being uh, what is it, uh, Devil Black Devil Shredder or whatever? Dark uh, Devil Shredder. I, I yeah. took it as. Uh, animation error but uh i mean story wise <laughs> i i guess yeah that does kind of make sense like a, a little bit of remnant of his dark devil triptychon shredder thing uh i, I mean it, it looked good it just maybe just a I, honestly i thought it was an animation error <laughs> I, I think there's a little bit change for it. he has like kind of like i don't know he doesn't have titty discs he has like titty bones like going across <laughs> his chest <laughs> <laughs> I did notice a slight difference that Krang is still annoying. My favorite scene of this, I don't know why, it just 
it did harken back to kind of like the old school turtles is when the turtles are running up the stairs and crane just steps out of a doorway from dimension x is like you know ah, we're gonna stop you yeah i'm here now and they just climb over him because his robot suit is completely immobile and not used to fighting <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool just to get him there and <laughs> they just they just run around him like and it's it's such a a ninja turtles moment that they would do that you know they they wouldn't give him the time of day to actually fight with him they would just get past him and not give him any respect at all <laughs> yeah and he gets so pissed <laughs> um <laughs> I, I did mention uh uh when you, you and justin were talking about uh uh, Hattori, uh, Derek, this is a, a, another descendant of, uh, the f- famous Hattori Hanzo, which, uh, I know most famously from the, uh, Kill Bill saga because of the Hattori Hanzo blade. Um, but this guy, I, I chose him for my avatar because he is a good ninja. He knows how to throw shuriken. Hey, there you go. And he's good at like the actual ninja stuff, but there's all these comedy beats. Like he has this huge fortress that rises up from like, you know, the, the little ramshackle shack. And as Zach pointed out, at one point, they're all climbing this sheer face, you know, which is also a really funny thing because at first they're running like ninjas up it, and then they're kind of walking up it, like, totally vertically, and then they're kind of crawling up it. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you still do that? But um, at one point, the turtles are like, doesn't this place have stairs? It's a castle. And he's like, oh, yes. You know, <laughs> and like, they all go, oh, <laughs> And then later and then on, they're all like, you know, oh, we got to save face and keep going, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like we got to climb. We're ninjas. <laughs> um, and then later on, you know, he, he thinks he pulls uh, the, the trump card out of his, uh, you know, well, not sleeves. He hasn't got any sleeves, but uh, he pulls a trump card out of his ass, I guess. And he throws uh, him and his his fellow Shinobi throw a bunch of duplicate mirrors uh, on top of the roof. And then even Shredder in and his lackeys, who are supposed to be not that smart, they're like, well, which one do you know is the real one? And he's like, oh, <laughs> <You know>? oh. <laughs> like what was was uh, I guess what I'm saying is like was him being a badass ninja kind of thrown off by him having those comedic moments. I just took it as like like turtles. You know, he's supposed to not be completely cool because if he's completely cool, he overshadows the turtle. So him kind of fucking up made him a more fun character. I, I think the reason why Justin brought up Hattori Hanpei is because that character is almost purely comical. I mean, if he does anything cool, it's by pure happenstance on that show, yeah. really. And so, like, there is there is kind of maybe a running theme of the, the comedic element of that ancestry along with the the well-respected and badassery of the ancestry. Like, it's like, if you just watch, like, Kill Bill, all you get is like, oh, this guy makes the best blades ever, he's fucking badass 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 but if you watch like you know kakaida on a weekly basis and you look at hattori hanpei like lick car steering wheels and and run around <laughs> like a, a an idiot like half the time you're like sitting there kind of going oh well there's there's like another aspect to this and like i i think that's kind of what's being reflected here where there there are those kind of you know anime Pratt falls and 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 goofiness that's going on and and there is some kind of shared kind of i guess history or i i don't know what you'd call it but you know between the various characters and i mean you can attribute that to it kind of being like the 
the original Turtles cartoon where even, a, you know, even the most serious character in those cartoons probably had some some comedic bits at some point or another. But I, I don't think it I don't think it decries or detracts from anything badass the character will or will eventually do. But at the same time, like a lot of it is played up kind of like a I, I kind of always think of Hattori Hanpei and, and it kind of applies to the character here too. Like, like as some kind of Buster Keaton type character where it's like they do cool things, but there, there are also aspects of utter ridiculousness that you, you can't help but be, you know, sort of charmed or chuckle at or, or, you know, kind of just laugh at, you know? So that's, I, I guess that's the, the only thing I'd say about those. You know the the ancestry and the the character in particular in this OVA. I interpreted him as because right when you first meet him, he recognizes Splinter as like his teacher. So I thought of him more of as a student. So he's well trained, but he's not skilled yet, I guess, or he's not experienced yet, and that's why he kept making goofy mistakes. Like he thinks he has a good idea but it's not as executed as smoothly as if he had had the experience to back it up. He, he's kind of leader by default because Splinter left. Yeah. He, he's a Padawan okay. and not a master. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the interpretation I, I got out of it. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but that's the, the vibe I got from him. Like he had these like, okay, I'm going to throw all these mirrors and it'll confuse them. And then, they point out the absurdity of it. Well, now you don't know which one it is either, idiot. You know, and <laughs> oh, also, it's the glowing one right there, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> which one doesn't look like a normal mirror? It's the yet. ghost, which we haven't mentioned yet. The ghost that just stands there laughing, and I have no idea why it was there, points it out <laughs> to everybody. Yeah, that, that made me crack up. I, I actually was going to bring him up, uh, but Zach, you're completely right. <clears throat> There's a ghost. Uh, Justin, do you do you know the name? They gave his name at first. No, I don't remember. I don't either. Uh, he's like this ghost of bad fortune. That's what uh, 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 Kenzo calls him. He shows up when things are going to go bad. But the entire episode, he's just laughing at everybody and occasionally pointing like, there it is, assholes. There it is, dumbasses. <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, I had no idea why he was there. It, it, he was just there for comedic relief as far as I could tell. I mentioned this at, at the beginning of the show, but did did you guys have any of the Metal Mutants toys? Or, like, at this point, had you just completely stopped buying Ninja Turtle toys? I think when this, this came out, I was not really... I mean, maybe I was buying Power of the Force toys because I liked Star Wars, but I don't, I don't think I was doing anything Turtles-related at this point. Like, what, 90... What was it? Ninety six? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think at all. I, uh, me and Derek are old, so like, I, I really got on Ninja Turtles after like the first wave. I had like Raphael and uh, uh, Leonardo and Splinter and Shredder and a Foot Soldier. Even then, that was like near the end of my buying. So by the time they 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 had assembled a huge cast of uh, figures for Playmates, I had no idea what was going on. So I, I didn't really have a lot of those later lines. I was aware of them in my adult collecting and I still haven't, I still don't have a lot of turtles figures. I, I, I don't know, just turtles toys. Like there's certain things you latch onto like transformers for me or even GI Joe. Um, I've never been a big turtles collector. Turtles for me filled the void of when transformers went off the air. 
I mean, I was born in 85, so I watched it in reruns and then it was gone completely. And so Turtles kind of filled that void for a while. And I had a lot of the early toys. I had a big bag of, you know, just Turtles toys. I had all four Turtles. I had Shredder. I had one of, I think I had Rocksteady. And I had Killer B, if anybody remembers that thing. Um, <laughs> yep. But I didn't have, uh, I never had any of these. And once G2 and Beast Wars started, Turtles were gone and I was back to Transformers. And I did have Power of the Force and my parents would buy every Star Trek Next Generation figure they could find. Uh, because they loved that and I could get them to buy me toys. So I didn't really care as long as they were buying me toys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Turtles, like it, there's like a two or three year period where it was all about Ninja Turtles for me. And then it's like, oh, hey, my best friends, the Transformers are back. I'm going to go back over to them. And uh, my parents had a strict rule. I could only really collect one series at a time. So oh, that's really funny, Zach. I uh, when I was a kid, had this friend who was just like balls deep into G.I. Joe. He had so many G.I. Joe figures and like his parents bought them like willingly, like just like and I remember I came over one day and I had this big, huge box because I was like, I want to introduce my friend to a new thing. And it was all these He-Man toys. I had like Blasterhawk. I had like the attack track. I had just great He-Man toys. And he loved them. We were like playing on the floor. We were like eight years old. And I just remember like looking up and his, his parents were just looking at me like just so hatefully like, we're not buying any motherfucking He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> this is a G.I. Joe house, you asshole. <laughs> Well, it's it's so funny. Like my parents would kind of get into whatever series I was into, like my father, especially like he really got into Transformers with me and, you know, would help me find figures I wanted. But Ninja Turtles, there was one figure I could never find. And it was a foot soldier. So when you said you had a foot soldier, I was a little jealous. We searched every store in the state looking for foot soldiers. Never, ever found one. Um, and the same thing happened with Power of the Force. Never found Princess Leia. We used to – that was the routine when we would go to stores is you'd start like flipping through the, uh, flipping through the peg hooks looking for that one figure. Because, I mean, this was before you know the internet was really popular. So you, know, you couldn't just look up and see like waves and release schedules and who was going to be where. So you just went through all that stuff looking for these one figures. <laughs> um, I think Derek can uh, speak for uh, both of us on this, though, Zach. Um, Power of the Force Leia's, you didn't miss shit. Yeah, I was about to say, you, you missed out on Monkey Face Leia. Like, it's no big deal. Not at all. I, I eventually got her in the, the green back card. Uh, I never got her in the gold back card. Yeah. And yes, uh, you're right. I was a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my, my buying's kind of similar to Zach because I was like born in 1984. So, like, yeah, once. Once Transformers was starting to die off and like I still kind of bought stuff like I, I was still getting MicroMasters and like stuff that was like on clearance from KB like like for the like years before Generation 2. But I think like the, the, for two Christmases, it was like Turtles and Ghostbusters instead of Transformers for me. So, like, I, I did have a lot of the toys, but I don't think I ever had any of these. Like, I think I was Turtles was like a flash in the pan for me, kind of like I still like it today. But I, I think I was only into Turtles for like two or three years. I never understood why, like the same thing happened with Batman animated series and, you know, those kinds of things. When you got one or two or in this case, four main characters you know, the He-Man syndrome is a good example of this, like He-Man in the 2000s. You know, all the figures that came out were He-Man and Skeletor. 
and right. that's it. You know, you know, they never really brought out other characters. Now, Turtles wasn't as bad because they had tons of characters come out that I don't even know their names to, like that Ninja Rabbit and, you know, the Sonic Boy Jimbo. and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, th- those characters all came out, too. But it was still like every single wave had to have, you know, four different versions of of these four turtles, uh, you know, with various snap on armor, like in this stuff. So, yeah, th- this later stuff that came out, I, I never got into it. Yeah, talk about like searching the pegs intently for like one or two figures. Like when that 2000 He-Man series came out, like I remember like searching every store within you know my tri-state area for like Buzz Off and Orko. So I would flip through like all these different versions of like He-Man and Skeletor and you know whoever. I'm just like I just want Orko and Buzz Off. Like quit giving me like you know Samurai Skeletor, I Skeletor, Street Skeletor. Street Luge He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, for me, I, at, at this point in my life, I think I had moved on from Turtles. Like I would still watch it on Saturday mornings, but as far as buying the toys, I I wasn't. I I know I was buying a lot of like Marvel and DC, you know, action figures, and I was buying a ton of like Star Trek stuff, like anything Star Trek I would buy. But as far as like Ninja Turtles, I think I was just I was just content with watching. You know, watching it every Saturday, but as far as you know, buying the toys for for whatever reason, I think I just moved on past that. That that is weird that a lot of us, like except for Zach, didn't really have a lot of turtles. Is like, what was turtles just not in our time frame? Because I know me and Derek. No, I, time, I had a ton oh, of, was, of stuff. Oh, like, you did. Like I said before, like Ghostbusters was the first huge thing I ever got into as a kid and had a lot of stuff of. But then, like, I got into turtles and that kind of took over i mean i had a ton of turtle stuff like you know zach's talking about you know zach's talking about like the killer bee i'm like yeah i had that i had the giant mosquito that the turtles could ride on too like i had a ton of stuff and i still have most of it but and i couldn't tell you when but at a certain point i just kind of like got out of turtle toys like i don't know what happened or like you know what i you know what i like shifted into maybe beast wars like i don't know but i just know like I, I kind of shifted away from turtle toys at a certain point. Do you guys think that like that might be indicative because you and Zach are born a little bit later than me and Derek? And I know Mike is more in you guys' like, you know, uh generation, I would say. Um, do you think Turtles is kind of more kid friendly and not so much more adult? But do you think Turtles is kind of one of those lines that is more solidified for kids? You know, like like kids buy them because when I go to like certain stores like Walmart, I know forever, like even the most recent TMNT uh, version, the Nickelodeon version, I would see pegs and pegs and pegs of Turtles figures and like maybe a small aisle of Transformers, a couple of Star Wars. But Turtles seems to like have kept itself fresh for younger audiences. Well, I think it helped because, you know, you've had like effectively you had like three generations of turtle shows you know you've had the original 80s series you had the 2k series and now you've got the 2012 series and each one is a little bit different and each one as far as their toys like they have their own unique style and look you know like you know i grew up with the 80s stuff i also really love the 2k series and i have some action figures from the 2012 series like as far as kids like i know my nephews like they really like the 2012 series and you know they've got a bunch of like they've got a bunch of the figures they've got some of like the role-playing weapons and you know they'll they'll like whip out their side or their bow staff and start fighting or start you know hitting me with it or whatever but yeah like 
<laughs> whatever you know, for whatever reason, like you know, I guess unlike maybe Ghostbusters or something like Turtles, Turtles have like managed to stay in the you know, I don't know, pop culture consciousness or zeitgeist or whatever, and like it's managed to remain fresh and like grab the you know imagination and attention of kids for like you know a very long time now. I mean, that's a yeah. testament to how interesting the story can be. I mean, it's it's a silly yeah. concept, but. Yeah. I mean, Ninja Turtles, like Transformers, have never really gone away. I mean, there was that a couple years between G1 and G2 for Transformers. And Turtles, there was a couple years in the 90s where it wasn't really in the limelight. But then it in the 2000 series came out and it came back. Uh, I mean... It, hey, Zach, you don't talk bad about the next mutation, okay? Venus de Milo is the best character ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Late nineties, it came back. <laughs> I remember I being so excited for that show because I, for me, Turtles. I mean, I liked the cartoon as a kid, like I said, but it was the movies that solidified. Like, I like Ninja Turtles a lot. You know, I love the movies. I can still watch, you know, the '89 movie, and it's fantastic. So when Next Mutation came out and I saw, oh, they're doing live action Ninja Turtles, it's going to be like in the mo- No, no, it's not. It's bad. It's pretty awful. It, we're, we're totally secret brothers because like I felt the same <laughs> way. I was like, dude, Turtles is back and it's live action. It's going to be just like the movies. It's going to be great. Oh, my God. What's happening? I, I, I can't. No, I, I can't watch this. I don't even <laughs> think it was Venus de Milo that made them jump the shark. It was actually the crossover with Power Rangers in space. That was pretty bad. <laughs> I think it was kind of worse for me because I was older than you guys, and I had a concept of electronics. Right? Well, yeah, as far as I know, I'm still older. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get younger. I hope, I hope I did. That'd be cool. Um, but like, I knew that like back in the '90s or early like '80s, you know, early '90s, <clears throat> animatronics were like you know tough to pull off, and like that's why they're in the movies. So I thought like by the late '90s they would have perfected this shit. It's going to be awesome. And man, the next mutation animatronics they look like the fucking ones from the uh out of our shells tour they they look terrible <laughs> that's uh, fun right. to watch still <laughs> all right guys so final thoughts on these two ovas like did you did you enjoy them like did you kind of like revile them like what what are your ultimate thoughts you know you know what i did get a kick out of doing in revisiting this and prepping for the show was i i mentioned to some of you guys before we started that i discovered that there were fan dubs of these and so i you know i did watch the japanese language with the subtitles from spork like like we've been talking about but i also did sit down and watch these fan dubs and obviously the fan dubs have a lot of fun with the material so they don't take it very seriously either i don't think and i i think that just made me kind of you know, chuckle because I, I I think it's a dub along the lines of you know when when Pioneer Genion would dub Lupin the Third and they didn't feel so beholden to literally translate everything to the last letter you know and they actually poke a lot of fun like you know how like when they're there's there the turtles are you know there's the big flood in new york and the turtles are hanging onto that billboard and they're like swimming like there's actually some some lines of dialogue where they're like 
dude, we're turtles. Why are we holding on to a billboard, like, to swim? Like, you know, like, what's up with that? And they're like, I don't know. I guess we're just lazy, you know? And I was like, okay, that's funny. You know, like, I, I, and I know they're just poking fun at things like holes in the, the plot or whatever, but I, I did really get a kick out of that. And, and like I said, there, there are positives and things that remind me of other tropes that I think are, are good things. And yeah, there are things in this that are, pretty silly and and probably atrocious you know but it's you know it's all in good fun so that's that's kind of how i i took the whole experience i like the spirit of this uh ova because i think they really did try to uh capture that that spirit of the the old show and that i i I give compliments for and again the animation is really good i mean the animation is pretty top tier you know it's like even when they do like wacky faces and stuff if you just watch it as a fun little like you know, I wouldn't say knockoff because it was licensed. If you watch it just for fun and have fun with it, you'll enjoy it a lot more. You know, they could have not even used, like, you know, the original designs. They could have just done the Super Turtles for the whole thing. But I have no hate for it. But I, th- I, th- I think it's fun. I think it's silly. And if you take it for what it is, you, you, you shouldn't really be butthurt about it. Yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, like, I understand what it was. And I, I was glad to see it as I hadn't, like, you know, I wasn't familiar with this corner of Turtles history. So, you know, it was a fun experiment. I mean, it's like Tony said, it's not anything I'm going to take like too seriously, but I'm glad I watched it. I had fun watching it. it. There were pieces of this that I was surprised at how much I liked. Like I found a lot of the humor, uh, particularly uh, the like, oh, the foot soldiers are on vacation. And then they actually show them on vacation, hanging out, having a cookout and stuff like that. Like that that stuff was silly, but it was it was fun. And, you know, like everybody else has said, that, that's really what it came down to. This was fun to watch. I mean, there were some goofy bits that were a little cringeworthy. Krang's voice is annoying. Um, I don't know how Shredder is still alive after being hit by a bullet train. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it was it was fun to watch. And it was true to all the characters that I remember. Um, and, yeah, the animation was beautiful. So, I mean, it's it's definitely worth a watch. I think my opinion of this has changed from that, you know, that, that first time when I spent like, you know, four or five hours like downloading it and then being being disappointed like years later now watching it like I can kind of appreciate it for the for the goofiness and, you know, especially from the animation. You know, like Tony said, this is this is some really nice animation. Like, I really like that. I kind of I kind of wish this would get some kind of official release so it could look you know, all cleaned up in HD, but but I did really enjoy this. And I guess that'll wrap up this episode of Big in Japan. And I want to thank our very special guest, Zach, for coming on board. So, Zach, why don't you uh, take a minute and let listeners know where they can find you at on the internet. Uh, you can find me um, on Twitter at BoardWithFriend, uh, BoardWithFriends.blogspot.com, and and, you know, listen to if you want to listen about board games and, uh, you know, our next episode where uh, Mike will be joining us on Board with Friends. We're going to talk about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shadows of the Past board game from IDW. Um, so anything Board with Friends related. I'm also on Bot Talk under the name Steeljaw. And Derek, if you would be so kind as to inform listeners where they can find us. If on the you internet. guys have any comments, questions and or concerns, you can 
Email us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. If you liked listening to Big in Japan, please consider checking out all of our other shows. We've got the Fanholes Podcast proper. We've got Sentai Saturdays, Toku Thursdays, Transformers Tuesdays, Comics Motherfucker, Do You Read Them? And, of course, this Big in Japan where we talk about anime. I just wanted to take a quick second and thank everyone that I know who has been playing our Turtle Power Podcast Hour promo. I know Rob Kelly played it in his Treasury cast. I know Shag Matthews played it in his Justice League International podcast. And I know Ruth and Darren Sutherland played it in their Trekker Talk podcast. And if anybody else has played it in between the time we recorded this and the time that this gets released, we thank you as well. And we hope you've enjoyed, you know, listening to this event and everything. And, you know, be sure to not only listen to the fanhole segments of Turtle Power Podcast Hour, but please go and listen to Board with Friends and Animated Indulgence as well. And this is Justin, signing off. This is Derek, signing off. It's Mike, signing off. This is Tony, and insert clever witty exit line here. Well, now I don't know what to do and how to top that one, Tony. Uh, This is Zach (laughs) signing off. Usually it's Derek, isn't it? It's always Derek. I think he was away. I I don't know your pecking order, so. (laughs) Usually it's like Derek, me, Justin, Tony. What are you guys doing? Discussing who's going to say hello first? Yeah, well, we didn't know uh, you were started, away, so we started the started show. the episode. Oh, oh, I I did say I was going to be right back, but my dog was barking. Oh, I, so I, was, I, didn't I was just trying to oh. figure out what was going on. I think on. that passed us by. Sorry. You want me to just say I'm here? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> Derek, here. Okay, good. Should we start over? Oh, this is a debacle. I'm done. (laughs) I need a new union. Now I want to live in Dimension X.